0: Day. you are listening to a podcast, but, but this isn't just any podcast, just any podcast couldn't do this, or this, <laughs> what the, this is the podcast, starring the Ted's, starring the Ted,
1: start the, uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb, <laughs> the podcast starts, you better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another uh, episode of The Podcast, The Home Episodes. I'll be your host of this here podcast, D-Ted Smith. Buried podcast in all the land.
2: All the land.
1: Uh, Up in the uh, top corner to the left of me goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on?
0: What's happening, everybody? Thank you for joining us. Pumps to be here Tuesday night, you know. The boys are back in the lab. Let's do it.
1: Doing it. Uh, Back there, getting all the studios set up, recording everything. Matt Conner, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt?
2: Hey, Ted, I have no idea what's going on with the stocks in the last like 36 episodes. So I'm just out here, you know, wheeling and dealing and getting advice from Wall Street fans.
1: I, I, people have from Reddit have reached out. They're thinking about making our stock the next, uh, game stock.
0: Man. Dude, all, look, I'm not your financial advisor. All I can tell you is we're a buy and hold type of, type of, uh, outfit. So, I would say if you go long, there's going to be some highs, there's going to be some lows on this cast, but
1: you'll do all right. Is there anything, I mean, I didn't even have this on the list, but is there anything funnier than all the hedge fund people getting (laughs) so salty? Like, wait a minute, this isn't fair. Like, Oh, not fair now. Huh? Well, they're playing by the same rules.
0: (laughs) Yeah, dude. and, And you know, that's the thing too, is like they've been playing by those rules and crushing people for you know 30 years at least really in the last 20 years i mean even how they got involved in this thing you know uh two of those vc funds pay Robinhood to give them people's trades before they put them in so that they can front run them i don't know if you guys are familiar with front running but i mean they make money just by using the data of everyone else trading so like they literally have like a systemic advantage
2: yeah. So wow. Okay. I think I have an idea what you're saying. It sounds super shady, not surprising. Now, what I'm saying, Matt, is let's say that Ted
0: works at the market, okay? And I'm your broker. So I'm like the intermediary. You tell me you're like, Hey man, I want to buy a hundred shares of Microsoft. I'm like, Oh yeah, cool buddy. I got you. I'll give Ted a call. I'll put in your hundred shares. Instead. I call up Ted and I'm like, yo, Ted, I personally want to buy a thousand shares. And he's like, okay, order put in. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Can I also get a hundred shares for Matt? Now that the price, I know the price is going to go up when your shares go in. So that's what they do, except they do it a couple of hundred thousand times a week.
1: Whoa. Yeah, yeah it's what? called
0: high-frequency trading.
1: And that's the other thing with, like, the uh, Wall Street bets is, like, a lot of these people are in their early 20s, right? They were children when the crash of 08 happened, and they saw their parents technically do the right thing and this and that and just got crushed. It's like, oh. they're they're pissed.
0: They've
2: been plotting yeah, and rightfully
0: so. Years. It's a yeah. great game. I mean, you've heard, Ted, we've talked about this, I don't think, on the podcast, but that's why I didn't go to wall street. I mean, like that was the type of program I was in and those guys are crooks, man. There are, there are some legitimate people on wall street, but I would say in general, there's this book called where are the customers yachts? And that pretty much sums it up. You know what I mean? Like
2: customers yachts.
0: Yeah. All the guys working on wall street have yachts and all the customers are out of luck. And it's like, yeah, they take, you know, their goal is to take money out of your pocket and put it into theirs. Generally speaking, I will say that there there are quite a few fringe cases, but I mean, I'm talking like your, you know, standard broker situation.
1: Wow. Right. Well, it's very, I mean, when you, when you talk about money, right, everybody has ideas of what they do with money, how they would act. But when it comes to you and you already have an advantage, either taking less money or not getting, you know, like people's minds change. And like, you know, it just, it's just the way it is. I, you know, Sure. It'd be great if it wasn't that way, but it's the truth. I mean, I know, as I say, the guy in Seattle that like took that big pay cut and this and that, and I know there's other stuff around it, but there's a few more companies that have done it now, but that, I mean, to their credit, that's very hard to do.
0: Dude, even that situation, I, I, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about, uh, how oh, do I want to say his name? Yeah. Uh, Dan price.
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. You
0: talk about Dan price from, uh, he runs a company that's based over in Ballard that does, um, credit card processing um, that story is pretty complex I don't know if I remember all the details but I believe his wife did a TED talk about uh, being assaulted and she didn't say his name but said that essentially it was him his brother he he pushed his brother out of the company and then he took like a huge amount of uh, pay but then said he was only taking 75 and oh he ended up doing the 75. Thousand dollars thing. His brother claimed in a lawsuit, which his brother, I believe, won, that um, Dan was only taking seventy five thousand a year and giving seventy five thousand to everyone else, so that he could get a bunch of publicity to go on a speaking tour, which he did and made a couple million. So, uh, you know, I would say even that situation is complex. But do your own research,
1: right? But that's why I was trying to set it up that way. Like I know there's other stuff with that case, but there's other companies that have done this kind of stuff now because yeah, in terms of that yeah. leap which is which is good and which is tough to do. It's also it's also like I you know it's just yeah, it's just tough. You know, but it's like I always say that's why I always like the Peter thing. Like you start on the line, you're gonna end a millionaire. Because you got to give back. Yeah.
0: And you know that's yeah, that's I, I would say the broad strokes, I totally agree that you know there's always a battle between capital and labor. Um and I think that it has gotten way too far out of hand, uh, swung the power has swung way too far towards capital and away from labor. I mean, there was that story today about Amazon um, holding on to everyone's tips, which ended up being about 60 million for two years. And only when the FCC investigated, did they uh, relent and give the tips over. So, you know, if you're an Amazon driver, you don't have a ton of power over that company. And so it'd be nice to see the pendulum swing back. Ted, I know you're an ace, ace. I mean, I always forget how to say it. The AFL CIO.
1: AFL-CIO, American Federation of Labor and the Congress of Industrial Organizations.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I know you're you're on that side and that's, you know, I think, uh, well, whatever, it doesn't really matter. I would say unions are a little bit antiquated, but also there's way too much power in the hands of capital right now in big businesses and workers have no power. So we need to figure out some way to equalize
1: that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest thing, the, one of the biggest tricks they pulled over the walls of the eyes over everybody was at unions people that hadn't weren't even in unions or whatever. And they just, everybody just started going, Oh, they're bad. They're this or that. It's like, all right, well, do you like the, do you like the weekend Saturday and Sunday's off? You can, you can thank a union member. You like a 40 hour work? Yeah. week? I mean, do we want to go back? You want to buy yeah. company Safety store?
0: regulations, workers yeah. comp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And that, and that all,
0: you know, that all sprung out of like the robber barons of the twenties. I mean, you're talking like you're, your vanderbilts and rothschilds and uh j p morgan or no sorry what's the um the railroad guy jesus uh rockefellers taking yeah. advantage yeah. of american labor you know i mean it wouldn't have happened if people weren't losing hands in factories and getting beaten into submission by anti-labor thugs you know yeah, I and mean, that pit was pit all pit. very real
1: yeah <laughs> so. uh, all right speaking of having days off and holidays I know we've talked about it before but like let's be honest here should the monday after the super bowl be a national holiday
0: Oh that's what you were asking us about Yeah Dude okay that makes sense mm, Uh
2: <laughs> we have talked about it before I believe my stance has been firm the entire time that we, it should be Um you know, I don't I don't eat into food comas very often and I don't even drink and I'm still like, yeah, of course it should be. I mean, like we we've created a holiday in spirit and in essence, but formally it's not recognized as such, and because of that I think making the day after it, the national holiday. So everybody can just recover, clean up, do what they got to do to show up fresh on Tuesday is the most intelligent way to recognize it on an official national level level.
0: Dude, Matt, I don't know how long we've been doing this podcast five years. I think that is literally the most articulate thing I've ever heard you say on here. I don't know what you're eating. That was beautiful. That was like <laughs> Supreme court level. Like here, here are the key pieces of this
1: argument. I mean, seriously, I I have nothing to add. Well, yeah, because a lot of people will be like, well, I don't care about sports and this and that. And I'm always like, right, I get you. But it's one of the most widely viewed events in the world. Chances are, whether you care about football or not, granted, this is all pre or post COVID. Like you, you're probably going to be invited over to somebody's house or something to watch it. Like it's basically a winter holiday where people, you know what I mean? Like, the Super Bowl kinda establishes almost the end of dip season, you know.
0: Oh, you know? it does. Yeah. Dude, it's like, here's my yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say so here's my question to you. If you have to cattle trade that holiday for another holiday, what do you get rid of? What are you swapping me for?
1: President's Day? Here, here. I'm I'm in. Right. We already have. a. I mean, does anybody President's Day is just like a Monday you get off in February. Right. Like, so if you ski or snowboard, cool. But like, Matt, I don't know. Nobody's ever texted me and been like, yo, it's President's Day. Who's your favorite president? Right. (laughs) Yeah, totally.
2: One time someone texted you and said, let's go to Leavenworth. And that was pretty dope. But uh, (laughs)
1: yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Other than that one year president's day has never been, you know what I mean? Like it never comes close to the experience of the super bowl and, you know, on an official legislative level, you got to think that there's unnecessary drunk driving happening that Sunday night because people know they got to be at work the next morning.
1: Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thought at all. You're right. And yeah. And I was going to say, like, you already have a Monday sitting there, right? Like Martin Luther King Jr. Like, all right, that's a man that deserves a holiday. I get, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. like that's a January holiday. So I get that one, but like president's day, it's like, cause you used, when I was a kid, you had Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday. And they were like, we'll just combine them into one day, <laughs> which is like, cool. But I don't know the super bowl to me that just seems like everybody's hanging out. Everybody's doing, you know, drinking or like Matt said, eating food, like, Let's let's give them a day off.
0: Yeah, that that does feel right. I mean, even within the conversation of the national psyche, I get that a lot of people aren't into sports. I'm with you, Ted. But you know, it just—I mean, it's a de facto holiday. It's beautiful that it's been created. Like, just let let my people go. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say on the flip side of that, is you know, does the Fed come down on the NFL and be like, yo? Will you play this bitch on Saturday already?
0: <laughs> well, for the Super Bowl, you're saying?:
1: Yeah, like I get that like, you know, there's just a tradition, right? Friday nights are high school, Saturday are colleges. Sundays are the pros, right? It's Sunday apparently, you're supposed to get more viewers on Sunday night and stuff, but like you know, like for us, it's not that bad. It starts at 3: 30. You live on the East Coast. That game's supposed to start at six thirty. You probably won't kick till six forty-five. Like, you're not going to be done till ten thirty at night.
0: Ted, you know, I, I agree with you on the holiday thing, but you more than anyone should know we can't be playing the Super Bowl on a Saturday, man. I mean, you've said it, tradition. You know, Saturday is college. Those guys, they work four years in college to play on Sunday. You're going to take that back, take that away from them, put them back on Saturday. Come on, man. Yeah, but college is already over at that point. We play
1: playoff games on Saturday.
0: That's true. and They play playoff games, I feel like... I feel like the NFL schedule has expanded. Like, when I was a kid, I feel like it was on Sundays they play. And then it was like, oh, pick up a Thursday night. And then, like, the occasional Monday night. And then, you know, like, now it's all over the map.
1: So, the way it was, was you always had Sunday... It was always Sunday. And then Monday night football starts in, what, the 70s, I think? And then... Playing on Saturdays, the playoff games, that wasn't that unusual because once the college season was done, it was okay for the NFL. Like, basically, the NFL just didn't want to play on Saturdays because you don't want to take away from college.
0: Oh, I thought yeah. they ended up splitting so they'd play some of the games on Saturday and some on Sunday for the playoffs so they make more money.
1: I, I know. I'm getting there. But what I'm saying okay. is once the college season is done, tradition was you'd have NFL games on Saturday. And then when you got to the playoffs, it was you you split them up so that you could have – games on both days so it's not basically once college is done playing on Saturdays it was like all right NFL that's all you so I don't think it's that crazy for them to be like Super Bowl Saturday
2: (laughs) (laughs) you're on board with it now Ted I, I interpreted when you brought that idea up as this isn't my idea it's just a hypothetical that the the government instead of changing our holiday structure would just strong arm the league. Not that it was, you were signing off on Super Bowl Saturday, but you're, you would be on board with that. Oh, I'm a hundred percent in.
0: I I think I'm out for not, not necessarily against the idea of it being on Saturday, but against the idea of the government telling a private business that they should play their game on a Saturday. I'm just the libertarian in me says like, you know what? We're the NFL. We're going to play when we want to play. And, you know, well, I guess, dude, wow, I can't even be like, oh, Donald Trump has no power over it. He doesn't, man. He's just relaxing in Florida. But, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I think they should be allowed to play when they want to play. Let them boys play, man. Let the dogs eat.
1: I mean, you're not wrong, and I'm sure somebody can email us or whatever. I, I'm sure there's numbers behind it, but I would just like to see the reason, like, why does it have to be on a Sunday? Like, let the people enjoy their Saturday. Let them, let them sleep in the day after a Super Bowl. Unless they have kids, then they got to get up either way. But,
0: you know. <laughs> Ted, that, that, that comment right there is spoken as a general behind the line, sitting on a horse, looking over the battlefield. But – For somebody like me, I hear you say that and I'm like, God, dude, some guy who's obsessed with the NFL and with data is going to send me an email that's like 14 pages long with diagrams saying why this shouldn't happen, why Ted's wrong, why he's an asshole, why I'm an asshole, why our email is like broken. And I just like, man, you just, you know, you just don't understand up there on your horse what it's like down here in the trenches.
1: Well, I mean, listen, I go through the same thing with college football, too. Like, you play on Thursday nights and Saturdays, mainly Saturday. And then the national championship game is on a damn Monday night. Like, I don't want to watch that.
0: Ted, these things come into my personal account. They interrupt my regular day. Okay? (laughs) I wake up to these emails. I go to sleep to these emails, man. Just stop poking these people. (laughs) For my sake, dude. (laughs) Seriously, someone is like pounding on the keys of their keyboard right now listening to you. Yeah,
1: I mean, and it's look, my head on the chopping block. <laughs> this goes to a deeper conversation I've had before about TV to begin with. Like, I get wanting to put stuff in prime time, but like, I just feel like TV's changing with like people having the ability to watch whatever they want, whenever they want. Like, do the, oh man, you're going to get emails. Do the numbers still support that we have to play these things on a weeknight in prime time?
0: dude yeah asynchronous dude i mean ted what you're talking about is anarchy what you wanted to release the whole season like a netflix series and i could just binge an nfl season in a day what are we
1: doing here well no that would be crazy and keep the regular schedule i'm just saying the super bowl man like when the seahawks this year when that draw came out and they had a 145 playoff game on a saturday i was like this is amazing this is what i want (laughs) And I said, like, I watched it with our buddy, Sean, and I told Sean, I, or Dolans, I was like, listen, it's a Saturday, we got the grill going, I was like, whatever happens in this game, we're not going to get too mad, because it's been a fun season, and I'm like, and it's a Saturday!
0: <laughs> that's true, that's why I do love that about college games, like, there's a special kind of magic, like, Saturday morning, that's the only thing going on, you know? Like, even you and I having those shots down on the subway platform, like, it's just a little lawless, you know? Like, Saturdays just feel good. Sunday, you have to start thinking about responsibility in the week. But Friday and Saturday always have that special energy.
1: Yeah, and, like, Saturday, I mean, you guys know, you've been to Husky games or Cougs game or whatever, college football game. Like, after the game, people are still partying. Hell, at the Naval Academy, they don't tailgate till after the game. (laughs) But, like, when you go to a Hawks game, it's a ton of fun. But, like, when the game ends, like – you start looking at your watch, like, "All right, now we're on the time schedule because, like, we got to work tomorrow." This, so it's just different.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, thread a glass of water within those beers because you know the the piper needs to be paid at some point. That bill's right. coming due,
1: or you just blow past that, and next thing you know, you're R.I.P. But you're sitting at bills, and it's eight p.m. on a Sunday, and it's like, "All right, I've got to get out of here."
2: <laughs> How did this happen again? right NFL football <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean Ted I can I can hear the panic in your voice and I'm just like thinking back to like just just how many memories that hits for you like how many times like god they got me again
1: <laughs> well dude like even this mo- even yesterday it was funny when I got to work I was like feeling good on a Monday and like why I missed having football on a Sunday I was like probably good the season's about over <laughs> those, i mean those sundays are just like well it's gonna be one of those sundays <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh man yeah that is that but with that said i also know this monday is gonna be like i don't feel great i gotta do the <laughs> show and get home and eat, eat the rest of the leftovers <laughs> Uh, um, right. I, I
0: honestly hate to ask this after that segment. Is the Super Bowl this weekend?
1: Yes, <laughs> so okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't
0: sure if it was the one that just happened or, or it's coming,
1: just in case nobody knows. Uh, it's the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or some people are calling them the Tom Brady Buccaneers.
0: <sighs> yeah, I heard that. I uh, what. Dude, can we talk about that real quick? Did you I, – I thought Belichick was the magic in that relationship. Did you not? Did.
1: Where were you at on that? Uh, so, all right, this is a tough one. I did always think it was about Belichick, but and I also don't think one season's enough to determine what Belichick can do as a coach. That's right. Mean, it's kind of interesting that Tom Brady – now, granted, he showed up to a team that had some weapons – Gronk came back, they have a great defense, but I, I don't know. It does kind of show to me that like, I think in the end it was probably the both of them together at the right time. But I think people, I probably was too far that it was all coaching in the Patriot way. Like Tom Brady might've just been the Patriot way.
0: Well, dude. And when was the last time Tampa Bay was in a Super Bowl? Like back in the All-Star days, maybe I don't even know.
1: I think you're right. I think Allstatt's on that team. Uh, John Gruden's coaching them.
0: I have no reason to, but I love Mike Allstat. I always have. Well, the
1: fullback is just a thing of the past, man.
0: Yeah, dude, Max Strong, one of the most underrated players in the game, in my opinion. I mean, he blocked for like nine 1,000-yard rushers or something like that
1: nine. All right. Nine One thousand that. It's like a 9,000 yard rusher. That's got No, be no, right
0: no. no, Like <laughs> in subsequent years. And you know what,
2: if I'm wrong, don't email me. I don't care. The guy didn't know the super bowl was this weekend. Like, what are you getting mad at him? Well, <laughs> <about>? yeah,
1: <laughs> I know. Cobb, I was going to ask you what you're doing for the super bowl, but I'm guessing you don't have plans quite yet since you didn't know what's <laughs> happening,
0: <laughs> dude. You know, I'll say this. So for people who don't know, I'm I'm back down in Austin. Um, he, Pool party season, so they have a bunch of rooftop decks with pools. Pool party season doesn't start till the 15th. Otherwise, that's what I would be doing. I might go – there's a Seahawks bar downtown called Little Woodrow's. I might hit that up. Not sure. But that's about it.
1: Huh. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the other thing too, right? If you live in Austin or like – that's part of the reason I think Southern California is never like the craziest fan bases for footballs because it's nice out. You can go to the beach and do stuff. But, like, the Northeast is covered in snow. Matt and I were talking. It is just crazy storms up here in the Northwest. It's like, people are home. Let them get up on a Saturday, Goodell. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, dude, look at the – yeah, exactly. Look at the
0: fan base. It's like, Bill's Mafia does not work if it's in the Florida Keys, okay? Like, the Green <laughs> yeah. Bay Packers fan base is not running rampant in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Like, it's
2: warm. seen that Miami have- Dolphins stadium pretty empty a lot of times. Same with San Diego back in the day, man. The chargers.
1: Right. Dude, our, Speaking of Southern California, right? So the, the first weekend in may, like around Cinco de Mayo is always a huge sports weekend for the spring. You run the Kentucky Derby. There's always a huge boxing match. And then generally, I think there's something, there might be a decent golf tournament too. But, uh, so the first time I've ever been to orange County, I'm down visiting a girl in Dana point. And I remember before I talked to her, I was like, Hey, like, can we make sure we watch the derby and I want to go to a bar to watch this fight. Once I got down there, it was like, that noise. We were drinking sangria on a rooftop bar in uh, Laguna beach. She was like, don't you want to go watch those sports? I was like, I don't care.
0: <laughs> Dude, that paradigm has been shattered. I'm living in a whole new world. There's a lot of blondes and bikinis and opportunities. Yeah.
1: Well, I remember the bartender. I was like, what is that? He's like sangria. And I was like, and I look at the girl with him, like, can I order a sangria? And he's like, a Hawaiian dude. He goes, Lag- Laguna Beach, bra. Get the sangria. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. It's like, give me two. Oh, you know I had at least two. <laughs> out of a big wine glass.
0: <laughs> Malibu Smith. I love
1: it. <laughs> uh, for the record, if I know, if nobody's ever been there, go to Orange County. And Laguna Beach is really expensive, but go there and. Get a drink. Get a meal. It is it is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen on earth. Oh, all right. Well, there's the sales pitch for Orange County, but we mm. still have to do a real commercial break. All right. Did you stick in with uh, a little bit of sports here? Did you guys see the uh, the exchange last night between the blonde woman and LeBron James in Atlanta? Nope. No. Oh. So when that I texted down. you guys' courtside Karens, you had no idea what I was talking about.
0: Nope. I just assumed you were talking about the number of Karens that are running rampant in this country and need to
1: be stopped. So uh, like, I just saw the highlight last night and it's like LeBron James. So Atlanta has some fans there. Right. So they're sitting courtside and you just see this blonde woman going off. Right. And like throwing her hand, this and that. So then her and her husband end up getting ejected. And then after the game, she starts posting Instagram videos, and she's like, "She's like, I'm only 25. Like, I'm not a gold digger. Like, I stay. I stood up for my man. Her husband's 60. Uh, I stood <laughs> up for my man. But like, she's on the court. You're gonna have to bleep a lot of this, Matt. She's on the court. I guess the the husband said something to LeBron James. LeBron James says something back to him, and then she's like, "You're not gonna talk to my husband that way. And like, I'll fuck you up. And it's like." You're talking to a man that's six eight, two hundred like what sixty pounds of just raw steel, like and this woman is like looks like a toothpick with two <laughs> giant cherries on the front end.
0: <laughs>
1: Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and it just I don't know. Like Matt, I think all of us has have sat courtside, but it's like at an NBA game when you're courtside, like they can hear you.
0: Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, they can. Dude, uh, that sounds so cool just to hear. Like, I think all of us have sat courtside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Mine I was got, a fluke and my ticket ended up being free, to be clear.
2: <laughs> I got Tony Parker to smile. He was shooting free throws and I yelled that I fantasized about his wife. And mean, like while he was in his little pre-shot routine and I just saw him crack a smile like, oh, damn, he heard that. Like, Yeah, he's yeah, 20 dude, feet away, dude. Yeah, definitely hear you. And especially yeah, in a exactly. in a stadium with like reduced capacity.
1: Right. So the best one I had was uh sitting courtside and Grant Hill is like right in front of me and he played at Duke and he's about to inbound the ball. And I just I, I just couldn't help myself. So I go, go Terps. And he like stops and he looks at me, he goes, Go home. <laughs> and just like starts <laughs> talking. <laughs> But right, if you've sat, and I get, I, most people have never sat up there, but it's a super cool experience and everything. It's like, they can hear you. Number two, it's an empty arena. And it's like, like Matt has a story. I have a story where it's like, you're kind of talking to him, but nothing terrible. Like I feel like if LeBron James stops, like I don't know what you said, but you caught his attention. And to LeBron's credit, he said after the game, he's like, they shouldn't have been ejected. Like, it was two guys getting into it, and then she jumped in. He was kind of laughing about it. But he just—he tweeted out after the game, courtside Karen was mad, mad. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Dude, that's pretty good. Yeah, I just – I don't know. I guess that was – some of it too is like you just – you got to have respect for people. Like they're athletes, but they're not like – I don't know. They're not like your animals. Like, you know – I think people need to be a little responsible with what they say to pro athletes. Oh
0: yeah, dude, that always gets me how like fans of an opposing squad will just be going off on someone and trying to use like, you know, very personal details that they've learned from the internet to, you know, get inside that person's head. And it's just like, uh, you know, I I think there's just a line. Like it's cool when it's like fun and upbeat, but you know, they got to go home after the game and cry themselves to sleep just like anybody else. So I don't know. Seems, seems like sometimes it's it's way too much.
1: Right. I mean, uh, Spike Lee's one of the most famous people to ever sit courtside, right? He's had courtside seats at the Knicks for years. and so like, him and Reggie Miller going back and forth. So, it's like, I don't, you know, I think they don't mind you, you know, engaging. But that one just caught me. And then it just, also, it's just like, how is, I mean, that woman can't weigh more than 115 pounds. You'll see a picture of her. And it's just like, you're yelling at LeBron James, I'm going to fuck you up, bitch. <laughs>
0: She's 24 and her husband's 60.
1: She's 25. The husband is 60. And it's like a real. So then she was all mad. Is in the comments, everybody's like, You're just a gold digger. And she's like, If I was a gold digger, I wouldn't have stood up for my man. I mean, the d- dude's credit. He looks phenomenal for 60. But, you know, coming from a guy in a gold jacket. Like, you're not. Well, oh, gonna- yeah. He's
0: got the fountain. He's, yeah, fucking the fountain of
1: youth every night. <laughs> yeah, like, you're not going to get it. And it's like, she's, and and I don't mind plastic parts, but I mean, fake boobs, fake lips. Like people were just like, you're 25. Like everybody was kind of shocked. She was that young.
0: <laughs> uh, Boys, you know, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, here's what I want to say. Okay. How young was Steve Carroll look or Jesus Pete Carroll looking up until like three years ago and how long was he a coach? at USC, one of the most attractive student bodies in the country. Okay? Fountain of youth. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <The> real thing.
0: <laughs> I'm not accusing him of doing anything. I'm saying even just being around that like, you know, that young feminine energy is going to keep him young.
1: Yeah, I think I was just more blown away by her reaction, like I don't know. Like what are you really going to do?
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay. Uh, but you know the the flip side is also true like what's lebron going to do? I mean it's on national tv.
1: No. You you're absolutely right. And it's not like lebron james is going to do anything like that. I guess I I guess he was having words with the husband and just told her like sit down. And she was like I'll you know, I'll beat your ass. And I guess that to me, I mean that's just anything that crosses a line. I mean I, you see it in bars sometimes, right? You know, I've seen Hell, I've been with a girl that's, like, threatening a dude. I'm like, will you shut up? It's like, I'm going to have to answer for this.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that bill's coming due, and you're writing checks and my body can't cash. <laughs> and uh what was I going to say? Oh, also, man, credit to LeBron. I got to say, every athlete at that level has had some sort of a major scandal. And he – that dude – to his credit from like 14 years old, 15, when he became famous, he has walked the line, and we have never had like a massive scandal.
1: No, not at all.
2: Yeah, I don't I, he's like really cool. Like, I don't know. It just Russell Wilson is like so clean cut, and like, like LeBron always seemed like a cool ass dude. Like, and yeah, never got in any trouble that like at any level, I was almost going to say any major trouble, but it's like just, yeah, it's amazing. He, the level he's played at Walked all these the years.
1: Line. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'd say bad about LeBron is he's just not that funny. Like, That's true. Like yeah. Like the taco Tuesday stuff and everything. I was like, eh, that ain't that funny, but he's also like one of the most famous athletes in the world. So I'm not going to, I don't think he minds that he's not the funniest guy in the Now granted, he's also LeBron James. If he's at a a shoot around, he tells a joke. Everybody's going to laugh.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's not just I trust me. I've seen it with dudes, too. Like I have some I have some friends that work in bars and stuff that are very large men. And they'd be like, you'd be shocked. at like the smaller guys that give me the most trouble. And I'm just like, why? You know, it's like
0: small dogs. Yeah, They're not the yappiest, most aggressive dogs, like the chihuahuas and like tiny dogs.
1: Yeah, I get it. And I'm not tall. I'm just saying like, I don't know why you pick on a giant. LeBron James is a giant.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, you're feeling Dude. way too comfortable. Also, LeBron's credit. He was like, A, I don't think they should have been kicked out. And he was like, B, he goes, sometimes when people are sitting courtside, like he goes, like we're playing. I don't get alcohol. He's like, I think they might've had some alcohol. And I was like, like, he (laughs) was like, they're wasted. He's just like, I'm not drinking. So when you talk trash to me, you're just going to get a normal reaction of like, what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is pretty funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Either way, when you, when you're done, if you haven't seen it, you got to look up this girl. It was, it was a whole hashtag of.
2: And the mics. What's that? The TV mics like picked up the exchange. No, it's not, just remember,
1: like, there's hardly anybody there. So the TV just kind of shows it. But then she hopped right on on Instagram and just started posting videos and was like, F him. And then came back like an hour later and was like, I stand up for my man. I'm not a gold digger. And it's like, you know what, to her credit, probably not. But it's just (laughs) tough when you're like the blonde woman with the fake parts, your attractive husband is 60 and a millionaire. Be like, I'm not a gold digger. It's like, I, I hear you. I want to believe you. Just telling you how it looks.
0: My heart wants to believe you, okay, but my mind can't. Ted, shoe I typed fits C- remarkably yeah. well. Yeah, and it's expensive. Ted, I typed C O U, and it was just like boom, like twenty courtside Karen articles.
1: Right. Like <laughs> right, some people yeah, were like Juliana Carlos. Yeah. Some people were like LeBron shouldn't engage with them, and I'm like, well, we don't know what was said initially.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, let's take a quick break here. and Then we'll come back with some emails. All right. Well, I guess it's about that time for some emails. What's up, boys?
0: Back to basics 2021. Uh, oh, sorry. BTB 2021, or back to basics for me, means two hands on the stick and keep your stick on the ice. Larp on,
2: Zamboni driver. Fundamentals.
1: I like that. I like that. It's working on the jab today on the heavy bag.
2: Nice. I got hockey on mute right over there. (laughs) Hey, guys. Just
1: wanted to give a quick
0: update after my last email on the struggle to get back to basics. After a discussion with some coworkers, I found out that wearing a face covering when you exercise outside will help prevent feeling that your lungs are going to freeze. I have so far been consistently working out every day, and I felt a thousand times better. I told you in the past that I had lost 45 pounds in the last year, but never put together that exercising has become so essential in my life. My husband even commented that I seem to be feeling better. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but again, just wanted to say thank you, Jess, SLC.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, I think, Cobb, I think it's, is it your comment or your quote? I don't know. Like, nobody ever, nobody ever finishes a workout and says, I feel worse.
0: Yeah, totally. And the other thing I would say is, like, number one cure for depression, cardio. <laughs> <laughs> BT, B2B, boys. Hola guys, what does back to basics mean to me? It's me bringing myself back to reality, focusing on my goals, staying humble and above all having faith in my higher self. 2021 is off to a good start in terms of personal growth. I read the first book I've read in eight years and it's drastically improved my mental health and my outlook on life. A couple of years ago, you guys recommended the power of concentration and recently a coworker of mine did too. I picked it up one day and couldn't put it down. It's helped me to analyze my thoughts and actions and encouraged me to continuously strive to live up to the higher self within. It's given me meaning and purpose behind my everyday actions and helped me to identify and eliminate some of my bad habits. 2020 brought me a child, a fiance and the first year ever uh, where I worked just one job. 2021 begins a new chapter. Let's get back to basics boys and read some more. Currently reading ego is the enemy. Super open to any suggestions, gain purpose, stay humble fry aka paper fry oh papa fry I'll
1: tell you what papa fry your basics are about to change like <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> he's like i gotta get it back to basics like uh you got a little baby there <laughs> like, the basics are going to be changed that's a fluid basic <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah true um dude i ego is the enemy is pretty good I'm, I'm a ryan holiday fan for sure he's an austin guy um i haven't read the power of concentration so i'm guessing matt maybe recommended
2: it so i just no, i thought you my, uh, i was gonna say the same thing about you oh well i
0: just threw it in my amazon thing i'm gonna uh, uh buy it tomorrow um i don't know it's possible that i read it at some point but um
1: what are we talking dude, for about other
0: book recommendations the power oh, of I'll concentration book yeah was that a Ted Smith oh. <laughs>
1: sorry that was a bad joke
0: no it was a good one <laughs> um, <laughs> Ted you got any book recommendations for homeboy I do
1: not
2: I came up with a bad joke in this grocery store the other day what's of Flav's favorite seed
1: favorite C? seed
2: seed
0: uh, I'm not sure I don't
1: know. boy. All right. (laughs) That's a deep one, but I like it. Chia boy.
0: (laughs) Dude, uh, Fry, I might go with uh, The Way of the Superior Man. I don't know. Different books hit at different times for different people. You might be beyond it. I don't know. It hit for me pretty well at, at the time. You could try that one out. Just read the first, you know, a couple of chapters. And if it's, if it's calling to you, great. And if not, you know, say vie. but it's a good level up book.
2: Um, yeah, the best book for self-improvement. That's a interest. Not that he specifically asked for that. Um, I really like 12 rules for life by Jordan Peterson. That was one that sequel's I sequels
0: coming out in March.
2: Yeah, it's a big book. I didn't finish the last chapter, but I made it most of the way through it. I just like got within forty pages and was like, I think I'm good on this, which is pretty wild. Um, but I uh I got a lot out of it. And it was like, damn, I gotta get to work on this stuff and hold myself accountable, clean my damn room, which I still haven't really taken to heart, but yeah. Um a lot of lot of well, good number twelve, st- finish what you start. God damn it. I hope that's kidding.
1: not what that was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I was like, you, you didn't finish the end of the book?
2: Nope. I, I got into the 11 rules for life and was like, ah.
0: I'm an 11 and a half rules guy. You know? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, there's no rules. There's one rule. Uh.
0: uh. Uh you guys talked about oh, this is a new email. You guys talked about trolling friends. I'm a big St. Louis Cardinals fan, and uh one of my best friends is a Chicago Cubs fan. I bought his two-year-old daughter a bunch of Cardinals stuff. Then a few years later, I bought them both Cubs jerseys. Love the show. Glad you guys are still at it, George.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's that's solid. Like, I don't know. That that's pretty good. Seeing like your buddy's baby wearing like your team's colors, like that. That's awesome,
0: dude. That runs deep. Yeah, that's solid.
1: Yeah, I was like, I buy something for Barrett that's like uh, husky stuff, but I value my life. (laughs) You gotta
0: wait till he's like old enough to complain to want it. Like he's like, "Oh, my new jersey. I want to wear my new jersey." You know what I mean? (laughs) We're like, they can't take it away from him.
1: I will say, you gotta induct him early though. Like my niece and nephew, like when they were little kids. I started hitting them with sounders gear and they're still like sounders fans to this day.
0: That's sick. Yeah. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land,
2: all the land, all the land.
0: Uh, Oh, this is about the cop topic. Pick a button. Um, do you guys remember what I think it was, uh, you're in a room, you die and there's three buttons. It's like, uh, next
1: level, uh, just watch it or restart.
0: Yep. That's right. Yep. Nice. Uh, Great question, Cobb. It led to a lot of reflective thinking about one's life for me. What's next? I've raised four kids, all very successful in their lives and are the type of people that would give you the shirts off their back. I've led a good life and worked with thousands of people. And I think a positive, and I think I left a positive influence on the majority of them. If I may pose a question back to you, you can go back to be a spectator on one thing from your past. It's literally you watching You, can't influence or change the outcome of the event event you just get to watch it unfold for me this is tough can't pick a kid being born there's four of them <laughs> diplomatic nice dude uh, perhaps uh, <laughs> something from playing soccer skiing or other activities nope high school graduation 1982 wins out I was not a great student. I have dyslexia and a few other learning issues. I was in special classes to help my freshman sophomore year. However, I wanted to be in normal classes and didn't like getting teased for being in the other classes. So I struggled to pass the regular classes right down to the wire on if I would graduate. Also, the first three years, I wasn't a very popular kid either. My senior year, I got to know several of the most popular kids, or should I say they got to know me. My senior yearbook is full of, man, I wish I had gotten to know you sooner type comments. Right after graduation, my parents, friends, parents, and teachers all told me they couldn't believe how many people yelled, clapped, and cheered when I received my diploma. They all told me it was one of the loudest reactions of the night. I didn't hear a thing. Crossing the stage was just a blur. It honestly brings tears to my eyes now, almost 40 years later. How many people were so proud that cheered, and I can't remember that moment. Have a great week, fellas. Thank you again for bringing a slice of the Pacific Northwest to me, the old dude stuck in Minneapolis. Cheers, Stan. P.S. Back to basics for me is getting back to the Pacific Northwest.
1: All right, all right. I'm glad that our stand's not a real stand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, you guys want one more? Yeah, give us one more. We got time. Hey, gents. A couple of. Uh, wait, what am I? Um. All right. Well, I don't know if this person is real or not, but their Google email photo is very attractive, Ted. Um, I'm going to say it's a redhead uh, with some tattoos. Hey, gents. A couple of Cobb topics ago, Cobb asked what back to basics mean to you. Mine is pretty literal. Some backstory. Uh, At the end of 2018, I started running and turned uh, from a lifelong running hater that couldn't run a minute to being addicted to it. In 2019, I ran at least one race a month, including two half marathons. Felt great, looked great. In January 2020, I injured my hip, and it took over five months to feel comfortable running again. Managed to squeak out a full marathon on my 30th birthday in June by doing intervals. But after that, I couldn't get back into the habit. With everything going on in 2020, I lost motivation and gained a ton of weight. My back to basics is running, building endurance intervals uh, to get back to and exceed where I once was. I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning and busted out the first run of the week. A 5K. Cheers. Orpheus. P.S. I've attached a photo of my metal wall. Most of those medals were earned in 2019. 30 medals in all. Wow. Boys, a- I should screen share you this. This is that honestly is a pretty impressive wall. And it's and the the sign above it says Run Bitch Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool.
1: Hang on. I'll allow screen multiple. All right. There you go.
0: Are you guys looking at my screen right now? No, Uh, you got to see something. Oh, yep. Okay. Uh, Now, are you guys looking at my screen?
2: Damn. Wow. That's a lot of medals.
1: Run Big Boulevard. I like it.
0: Yeah. Look at those freaking things, man. That's a lot of hardware. Nice work. From Lake Washington to Denmark. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm seeing America's Sweetest Race. Yeah, the Denmark one. I see a Lake Washington one down here. My journey one. That's
1: pretty impressive. Dude,
0: that's pretty impressive. Yeah, seriously. I also I'm like cautious. how
1: she's like, uh, all right, I guess I'll get in the first run of the year, and it's like a 5K. Like, I, I think I think you'll get back to where you were pretty quickly. Yeah, Most I people now have to work up to a 5K.
0: Yeah. Hold up. Ted, I'm gonna screen share you again because uh you gotta take get, get a load of the photo are you able to see that oh yeah see what I'm saying yep not bad
1: <laughs> Ted right. is
0: conspicuously silent on that topic all right
1: He's a fan of the bedroom pretty sure she called in last week talking about her husband trying trying to be cool about it
0: <laughs> yep. hey man someone can still be beautiful if they've got a husband
1: <laughs> all right let's check in with what's bad man <laughs> Hey, hey guys. what's good? What's man? Uh, before we get
2: to what's matting. Hey, 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 what's good? What's man? Whoa. Check out what's matting. Hey, what's good? What's man? Uh, before we get to what's matting. Hey, hey, what's good? What's man? Whoa. Check out with what's matting. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a good week here on uh quarantine. Um. I, well, I launched Nutrition Made Fun. That was a lot. That was just really awesome. I got some the podcast listeners, so thanks. And it's I'm really excited about how it's going. Getting some early feedback, and yeah, it's it's very good. Apparently, my colors were a little little more fun in the selection. And I needed to have them be a little bit easier to read on the eyes, but you know, different resolutions. So figuring out some details, but overall very excited about where things are at and where they're headed. Um, And man, yeah, I didn't realize how long I was working on that. I started that before I left for the desert. Like I, so this has been like months in the making and having it all come to fruition was definitely really cool. Um, And it was extra dope. Two people signed up while I was out in the simulator. Uh, just hitting golf balls and then i got like two different paypal notifications like you just made money which just was awesome uh and i was because i shot the whole thing out there everything i filmed like against that backdrop and now i'm here just blasting balls at spanish bay with uh my buddy john came over who who's i've talked about him here before because he like reached out to me because he listened to the podcast and he used to work at Redmond Bridge. Um, okay. I Yeah, and he's really good at golf. So it's fun to watch him swing, and he also gives me helpful stuff because he's, like, way nerdier about golf than me. Um, so, yeah, it's just been, been a solid week. And while John was here, tried the new stuffed crust pizza from Papa John's. <laughs> oh dude, they
1: have stuff crust now? Yeah. Yeah, they just jumped into the game, man.
2: Wow. They jumped into the game and they changed it. Like Yeah, I mean Pizza Hut's been at it for years, you know. They in you know they invented it and then you know what comes after invention is innovation and somehow yeah papa john's just knocked it out of the park um so i was also eating stuffed crust pizza while i was getting payments for my new nutrition course
0: (laughs) another way of telling that story the tangled webs we
2: weave (laughs) i reference stuffed crust a lot throughout it that's a very worthwhile thing to eat um but yeah uh that was a big thing ted have you tried it yet
1: I have not. The Papa's not uh, too close to the hood.
2: Oh, okay. Cool. Good to know. It's a um, vortex downtown. Interesting. Do they have Papa John's down in Austin, Cobb?
0: Hell yeah, dude. As soon as you said it, I was like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, because right. most places I've lived in Seattle, you can't get it. So, okay. very pumped.
2: Yeah, so i got to just give a raving review to... Uh, them jumping in and yeah it's amazing and it comes with the garlic sauce like yeah
1: I mean that's I will say though it's kind of funny like they're taking the uh, stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut but I've noticed like Pizza Hut Domino's everybody has the garlic butter now
2: that's a good point
0: yeah that was an innovation I- I'm a ranch guy now too it sounds like it'd be terrible on pizza but it's so good
1: well, ranch is great on pizza and the crust, but I don't know. It's hard for me to beat that, that garlic butter.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know that it can be beat. And, you know, I remember joking a long time ago. I was probably pretty high, you know, but about like what we got to do is we got to go to Pizza Hut, get the stuffed crust and then go to Papa John's and get the garlic sauce and combine these worlds. Like, well, thank you, Papa John's, for stepping up and, you know, making that a lot easier for me. Dude,
0: I'm embarrassed to say, but AC and I did something similar. We went to Papa John's to get a bunch of sauces and then went to Costco for a pizza. (laughs) Worth it.
1: I have ordered uh, wings and breadsticks from Pizza Hut and then a pizza from Pagliacci one night. (laughs) Hey, dude, it worked. I got laid that night.
2: (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I don't know why you said you're embarrassed, Cobb. Like, I'd be proud of that. That sounded very smart to me. <laughs> this is why I God, dude, that should be a, a cop
0: topic one of these weeks. It's like, well, it's like just the trashiest meal you've eaten? You Ooh. know, it's not this week. Okay, well, we'll get there. I'm not ready right. to share those secrets.
2: All right. Well. All
1: right. All right. I was. I was, I was just. I was like, all right, Matt, Anything else? Like, no. He's- Making money on fitness, swinging golf clubs, and eating stuffed crust pizza.
2: It's good life over here, man. Can't complain. How's that uh, life?
1: All right. Well, I guess it's about that time, man. Boo, boo,
2: boo, 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 boo. boo, boo, boo. Cob topic. Cob oh,
1: topic.
0: <laughs> this week, boys, we're talking CIA disclosures. You know how, like, there's that man, I know so little about this. that I probably shouldn't even talk about it, but there's like something within, you know, the freedom of information act or whatever, that documents that were formerly classified after 50 years or something get declassified. Some of the stuff related to the Kennedy assassination, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So, you know, I kind of, you know, obviously Martin Luther King jr. Day um, I was kind of just thinking about how that whole thing went down and, you know, how, they never really said what happened, you know, how Martin, who killed Martin Luther King jr. But then there was the civil trial, which so for people who don't know, there's a criminal trial and there's a civil trial and the civil trial, the judge said that uh, I believe it was the CIA had killed him and awarded a bunch of money. Is that accurate? Ted?
1: FBI. Uh, FBI. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure the guy that shot Martin Luther King jr. Is in jail.
0: Let's see, um, Lloyd Jowers, uh, American Civil Suit, uh, unknown conspirators. Oh man, we really are a wealth of misinformation. Let's see if this guy was connected. Yeah,
1: it was James Earl um, Ray. He shot MLK Jr. Dude. That sounds like it's yeah, a shot by James Earl Ray.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So
1: now, if you're, are you, are you, if you're asking, I'm or trying so, to see if, if there was other people involved. That's fair, but I'm like.
0: Yeah. Right. Was he connected with like the FBI or the CIA or made to do that on their behalf or no?
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, he said all that. I stuff want to answer, Well, after, well, you're throwing around conspiracies, which are tough to give straight answers to. Now, did he, he said he was involved after he was convicted and was spending his life in prison without a possibility of parole.
0: Yeah. It looks like there's some, okay. I'll, I'll say this. It looks like on his Wikipedia page, there's some conspiracy allegations. Obviously I should have researched this ahead of time and I didn't. So people will just have to read it there. Uh, cause I have no idea what happened, but all of that luckily is beside the point for this cop topic. That was just an example. I picked out of thin air. The, uh, go well, with the sexual, time. what's that
1: go with crack. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Just, Look up CIA, crack cocaine, the Contras. <laughs>
0: um, okay. Well, I guess one, one I could use is, um, is some of the ideas put forward by Nikola Tesla or anyone who was ahead of their time. And long story short, boys, the cop topic is who was crazy until it turned out they were right all along? Email us email at thepodcast.com. Uh, literally, the word email at thepodcast.com. Who was crazy until it turned out they were right? All along, it could be something as simple as the guy who discovered that the uh, large and regular size beers at Seahawks games were actually the same size, or anything else you can think of.
2: I'm probably going to think of a better one in two hours, but the uh, super obvious one right in front of me is uh, Tom DeLonge or DeLong, however the hell do you say his last name, from Blink182, who I think yeah. he left the band to go like research UFOs. I think that was why he left or maybe after he left, he got really into UFOs, but he's been screaming about UFOs for over a decade now. And there's a lot of confirmations of UFOs from the government in the past year or so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that one's a good one. I, I, I try to shy away from too many crazy conspiracies. Like some of them, years later because of the information act you find out like who was involved so they're not completely crazy and you find out they're like huge organizations but i don't know i think on a lesser i can't name one guy i just remember seeing a special probably 20 years ago about gluten this guy was like gluten's the enemy and gluten this and i remember being like that guy's a whack job (laughs) but now like i don't know i feel like so many people i know are like i can't have gluten like this and that. So I'm like, I don't know who that guy was, but he obviously knew something. Now, does everybody have celiac disease? I don't know. But there's a lot of gluten-free products and gluten's out.
0: Dude, if this podcast was a movie, it would flash back right now to you eating the original stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut, watching that and be like, this guy's out of his mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> 80s yeah. Ted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those shows i was just like "What is does this guy tell he's like gloating, gloating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm picturing you in one of those like 90s like nylon jumpsuits and just like guys i was damn mind <laughs>
1: uh. Cobb, do you have one
0: uh mine was mine was the seahawks guy and then obviously knowing nothing about oh. Martin luther king jr um who else was right <laughs> all along um dude the guy with the um uh, what's it called? The windshield wipers saying that like, um, you know, all the automakers ripped him off and that, that was his idea turned out to be right, but you know, almost lost everything over it. Um, let's see. I mean, it's, it's tough to go against what other ones are saying. I mean, Martin Luther, pretty obviously, um, you know, I would go with like Galileo, um, you know, saying that we're not the center of the universe. So there's just a bold predictions, but I don't know. I like someone closer to home, like the Seahawks beer guy.
1: <laughs> and that beer one was a massive deal. It's like everybody dude, yeah. gets the bigger beer. And it's like, it's the same amount of beer. Like, you got to be kidding me. Head's got to roll.
0: Dude, and that's the thing. Imagine how many of those games that guy went to where he's like, dude, Jason, look, it's 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 the same. It has to be. And he's like, no, nah, man, they wouldn't do that. They can't do that. It's not legal. And he's like, dude, I'm telling you, bro, it is. Then he brings another person to the game. He's like, same thing. So you know it's a season ticket holder who gets them all the time. And finally, he's like, you know what? I'm getting two. I'm getting an empty cup. I'm gonna prove this right now. And then he does it. Like his little group around him goes fucking wild. Sorry, Matt. And uh, yeah. Well,
1: that's like when the conspiracy got exposed. I mean, this is what's great about a can—a can of beer. Whether you're at a game, uh, excuse me, I was like burp. Uh, whether you're at a game or at a restaurant or at a bar getting drinks, like you never know how strong or weak a drink's gonna be. You never know how it's gonna be mixed. You get a can of beer. You're getting 12 ounces. You know the percentage of the beer. You know what you're getting. That's true. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Speaking of this, hope everybody enjoys the Super Bowl this Sunday. The Super Bowl is on. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I'll be recovered from the Super Bowl because it's on a damn Sunday. People got to work on Mondays. Anyhow. For MCTV, for Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers.